New seasons are starting. The preseason games for professional football, well, I guess they're over already, right? Or close to it. And, but during the preseason, winning preseason games is not the important thing. In fact, I, I just read that someone gave an award, some kind of award to the Baltimore Ravens for the most useless accomplishment ever. They have set the record for the most wins of preseason games ever, 22 games in a row they have won. And they said that's the most useless thing ever. Because in the preseason, the, the spotlight is not on the wins, games won and lost, but on the individual players, especially the new ones. Looking to see, do these players have what it takes? Do they have the abilities? Do they still have the abilities if they're older? But just as important as their abilities is, do they have the concentration, the dedication, the, uh, the focus to stay in the game? You might say the coaches are really looking to see, do, are these players putting their heart into the game? A new school year is starting also. And... Again, it's not just the ability to learn of an individual student that parents and, and teachers look at, but it's also, again, are they concentrating? Do they have the dedication? Do they have the, the, the drive to make good in school? Um, now, it would seem, given what it takes, that people in these situations should really be focused on these things. That's important. But what happens? Sometimes they don't realize the importance of what they are doing. Uh, or they get distracted. Kids go off to college really desiring to get a good education, get a diploma, and then they get caught up in the parties and the... Uh, the drinking or whatever goes on in some colleges. Most colleges have this certain extent. Lose their focus. Um, so they need to learn what is important, how to stay focused, how to stay undistracted. Now, that same can be said when it comes to our holding on to and pursuing our spiritual treasure. In our text, which starts in Luke chapter 7, Jesus starts out this way. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Now, is there anything more valuable for us to have than God's kingdom? He has made us participants in his kingdom and his family. He's going to make us kings and queens in this kingdom someday. In some ways, we already are that. You know, sometimes you wonder, how can a bunch of people be kings and queens? But once we get to heaven, everything is going to be completely harmonious. Nobody's going to disagree with anybody else, and we can all sit and rule in absolute harmony together. But that's what's going on. We have this wonderful treasure of the kingdom. 
we don't have to worry about anything in this life now because that's what's ahead for us, God's kingdom. Whether God says, oh, I want to call you into that kingdom now, today, or tomorrow, or whether he wants you to live here for a longer period of time and serve him here, that doesn't matter because that kingdom is waiting for us. Whether we get sick, get some serious illness, or stay healthy, doesn't matter. That kingdom is waiting for us. It's much more valuable than our health, much more valuable than riches on this earth or anything like that. And that's what we have to keep our minds focused on. But despite all that, we do get distracted in this life, like a student going off to college. We don't always appreciate the value of what we have, uh, and we don't sometimes don't understand what we need to do to stay focused on that treasure that we have. For while it cannot be taken away from us, God has guaranteed that, we can let go of it by being distracted, by letting go of our faith to our eternal shame and destruction. So to avoid that, our, lo our Lord gives us some instructions uh, on what we need to do to stay, to stay focused. Put your heart where your treasure is. Let's turn to the field of professional sports. What do professionals do to get that victory, to get that, that championship? They dedicate everything to that goal, don't they? They spend a lot of time practicing, working out to keep their strength up. They, they dedicate uh, time to, to researching their, their uh, field, watching game tapes, for example, uh, to see what other players are doing, see how they can improve, dedicating even their money to buying the best equipment, best shoes, to, to, to uh, give them an edge in their field all for getting that goal of that championship. Now, perhaps you have known golfers. Uh, maybe some of you wives have known golfers. Do you have any golfer husbands that have spent hundreds of dollars on a putter? It happens, doesn't it? To get that last edge. Oh, that could be, I can be a, so much better if I just get this good putter or driver or gloves or maybe the other way you know you have any wives that play tennis and you got to get that tennis racket that costs as much as a month of your salary uh to give you that give that edge i don't know if there are any here like that but it does happen doesn't it to dedicate themselves to getting that last edge to 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 get better hours are spent in practice honing skills Sometimes, family gets ignored. Work suffers. Friends turned away. All in the pursuit of getting better in sports. Now, that's not to say that this is always wise. Often, the cost for gaining something like this is more than really what it's worth. 
but it does reflect how a person can use all their resources to get that treasure they see ahead of some championship of getting better, getting their golf score better, or whatever. That's something what is behind Jesus' words when he goes on to say, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Now, he told a young rich man to do that, and he went away sad. Because the problem is, earthly riches can be a distraction. Uh, it can distract people from their spiritual goals. Now, we saw that last Sunday when the man, the, the farmer, had such big crops, he had to tear down his barns and build bigger ones. He thought he had it made, but his soul was called. He had, not, he had focused on the wrong goal, hadn't he? Earthly riches is not the goal we should focus on. We should take our goal off. One of the ways we can do that is sell our possessions and, and give to the poor. Jesus has said other things that, that focus on that same topic. In fact, uh, these words from Matthew are recorded in two other Gospels. It's, they're quite famous because people know how impossible it is. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Riches can be that big of a distraction that is hard for people who get rich uh, to, to get to, into God's kingdom. Paul warns of the dangers of, of this when he says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Those are strong words. Especially when you stop to think, Whoa, how many people want to get rich? Well, I think it includes some Christians, doesn't it? But he says, this is a problem. Because, see, the problem is not money itself, is it? Money itself is, is neutral. In fact, money itself is really a gift from God that we use in this world to, to live our lives here. But it's the sinful heart falling in love with money that becomes the problem. So it's better to, to give up some of that money, a lot of that money, rather than to fall in love with that and be distracted from your heavenly goal. It's an entanglement. It's an entanglement. It can be an entanglement for everyone with a sinful nature on this earth. And, well, that includes all of us, doesn't it? Uh, <clears throat> so, when we put our heart where our treasure is, realizing our treasure is in heaven, then earthly riches take a second seat. As Jesus goes on, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This reminding us, that earthly treasure, it can go away. Put your heart where it belongs on spiritual treasures. So we want to learn the truth that our greatest treasure is our home in heaven. 
That's the greatest treasure we have. Now, what now? What should we do with this truth? Well, one of the things, you know, he says, you know, sell everything and give to the poor. We can look at giving money to needy people, giving help to needy people, as an investment. Jesus looks, uh, encourages us to look at helping other people as helping him. When you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. Showing love for people around us is reflecting God's love that he first showed to us and he wants to show to other people. So with our treasure in heaven, we will view helping others as helping Jesus. And second thing is that helping other people like that uh, can draw people to God's kingdom so they can join with us in the treasures of having heaven as our primary treasure, whether it be those receiving that or those even watching us do that. Many of you have already donated to the uh, diaper drive to help the Pregnancy Resource Center here in uh, Jacksonville. As a way, really, because you move to, to help them. Your treasures in heaven, so you use some of your earthly treasures for here, but it can also serve then to uh, lead people to ask about your faith and be brought into God's kingdom also. Also, with our treasure in heaven, we dedicate earthly treasures to preserving heavenly treasure. We'll dedicate our other treasures besides that uh, in heaven to holding on to and pursuing that treasure. Starts by recognizing that the treasure we have is in heaven, then using earthly treasures to, to, toward that goal, taking away from a, a distraction, helping other those who have need, giving to the work of proclaiming the gospel, which we all need. Includes using our time and talents in service to the Lord, maybe in helping other people, helping those who are uh, suffering in some way, lonely, using our time and talents to, in our mission to proclaim God's word in some way. Uh, <clears throat> put your heart where your treasure is. Now, one of the things that makes it hard for us to keep our hearts on our heavenly treasure is that our heavenly treasure is basically invisible at this time. The full glories of the kingdom are not visible to us or to others. So it's hard to keep a, a, attention on that. This might be compared to an athlete pursuing a, a championship or a student pursuing a diploma. Those things are invisible too. They're not there yet. They will be revealed at one time later. And so it becomes a little harder to focus on, on getting that. But we need to keep focused. They need to keep focused to get that goal. Now, there is one big difference, though. The goal of getting a diploma in college or a championship in the sports world is not guaranteed. But our treasure in heaven is guaranteed by God himself because he gave it to us out of grace, not depending on anything that, that we do. So the truth is, the full glory of our treasure is hidden for now. We need to remember that. The full glory of our treasure is hidden for now. It is mostly 
unseen. Now, we can see many blessings that our God gives us in this life. He gives us blessings of family and a home and things to eat uh, in varying degrees. Now, he doesn't give all of it and all the time, but uh, he gives us what we need. But he also gives us uh, things like a, a clean conscience. We don't have to carry around guilt because Jesus has taken away that guilt. We have peace with God. Those are things we can enjoy now. They're not visible, but we have them. But the full glory of heaven, everything we're going to experience there is hidden for now. Um, the reigning as kings and queens, the, it's all hidden from our view for now. So Jesus gives us some pictures of that from real life, where this is true also. He, he goes on, he says, Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Servants waiting for their master to return, you know, they have to be ready at any time um, since they don't know when this will take place. Those wedding celebrations could go on for into the wee hours of the night, sometimes for, for multiple days. And these servants had to be ready any time. Uh, <clears throat> the owner of a house, he wants his house secure the whole time he's gone. And, <clears throat> but this picture takes a surprising turn that doesn't normally happen in real life. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes, truly I tell you. He will dress himself to serve, will have them reclined at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready when, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. Not only will those servants keep their jobs and place in the home, but the owner, the master, would turn around and serve them a banquet meal. That's, of course, not how things happen in real life, but that's how things happen in God's kingdom. Uh, this is what we will face. We will join the Lord in heaven in a great banquet feast, in a great home, mansions in, in heaven, and he will serve us. This really reflects what Jesus has already done. Jesus, who is the king of all, the creator of the universe, came down to this earth not to be served as that king and creator, as he really is, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. And that will continue in heaven where he serves a great banquet to us. Um, he then invites, you know, once he's given his life as a ransom for all, he invites everyone to come and join in that banquet feast. Come and join in that treasure uh, in heaven. The truth is, we don't know when our treasure will be revealed, and we need to be ready at any time. So for now, he leaves us on this earth. He has things for us he wants us to do. 
But he has promised he will return to come and get us and take us to this place in heaven that he has promised. As Jesus says about the servants, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. And like the faithful virgins in another parable, keeping their lamps full of oil, uh, not being distracted from our watching. So what now? What do, we, what do we do with this truth? Need to be ready. We, to be ready, we will restore souls. It's God's word and sacrament. That's where we can get refreshed in focusing on the treasure we have in heaven. Um, his word and sacraments. Uh, <clears throat> reminded of God's love in providing all that we need, providing this treasure in heaven. Reminding us that Jesus is coming again, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it, at an hour when we don't know it, don't expect it. And once we are reminded, then it becomes a matter of placing our hearts uh, on that, putting our hearts on that treasure, putting our heart into obtaining that treasure, uh, and preparing for the full revelation of the glory he's going to reveal to us. Our Heavenly Father has been pleased to give us the kingdom freely by His grace for Jesus' sake. This is a very valuable treasure, the most valuable treasure we could ever imagine, but it's currently a hidden treasure. When we realize this, we'll put our heart where our treasure is. We'll use all our resources to keep this treasure, to keep from letting go of this treasure. We'll constantly stay alert and ready for the revealing of this treasure. Lord, we thank you for this treasure, and we pray you help us to keep this treasure, hold this treasure until you reveal it to us. Amen.